We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to Silo by Story Archives. Our first official deep dive Silo by Story Archives episode. I'm your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary Newton, your other host. Welcome. Zach, I feel like I should preface the intro. I think it's safe to say after the instant reaction that the audience is officially listening to the number one silo podcast in the entire world. I think that is that is safe to say based off of the analytics I'm looking at. I think that's safe to say. And I mean, I've done a few Google searches and, and that's what I uh, that's what I see as well. And, you know, we couldn't have done that without everybody that's listened to this so far. Yeah. So thank you yeah. for listening. And, and I hope you enjoy the deep dives just as much as the instant reactions. Yeah. So if you tuned in, actually, well, we hope you tuned in because we've done a trailer so far for the show and we did an instant reaction and the flow of the season. If this is your introduction to our Story Archives channel, which is independently owned and produced by myself and Zachary here. Uh, so we appreciate this. That's why we're, you know, having a good time highlighting it at the moment. Absolutely. Uh, the way this flow of the season will work is we will do an instant reaction, usually on episode release day. So if Apple continues to release every Friday, which I think they will until about the end of June, we will do an instant reaction on Friday nights and we'll do a deep dive on Sunday night ready for you on your commutes or your Monday morning workdays or your Sunday late night uh, coming down from the great Sunday afternoon of chilling and having drinks by the pool. Um, or wherever you are in the winter, wherever it is. So, uh, or if you're in a silo down deep and you're just trying to, if you're just scourging through hard drives from pre-rebellion days looking for a way out. <sighs> Zach, I got some theories on this deep dive, okay? I did a rewatch. Okay. Today. Did a rewatch um, with my parents who are now hooked on the show. Awesome. And my dad is just as equally invested in the, in the success of, uh, of Silo as we are. Um. I got to say, I have a couple of interesting theories. Now, I don't know if Zach said this off air, but he had a crazy theory about what the silo is yeah. in the previous episode. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm th that far fetched on, on the, on the theory <laughs> of being, of being a futuristic fortune 100. <laughs> I said it on air. Top. I said it on air. I, okay. I think it, I think it is a, it's a, it would be a genius scheme. That's for sure. I feel like today is the day we set the wagers for the rest of the season because I've got some theories about what's going on. I'm also kind of depressed because there's no way in hell that the show has already passed my progress in the book within an episode. <laughs> uh, so I'm a little I'm a little down about that. So my <laughs> my strategy of trying to stay ahead with the book material has already failed out the gate. I thought I would have had at least a three episode buffer. And uh, the no, way man, you got four it, days, I'm you got done. four days. <laughs> I'm done. If I don't finish this book by Thursday, I am officially I've failed my goal of, of staying ahead of the source. <laughs> Shit. Anyways. um, OK. So oh, episode opens up. We're going to get into a recap soon, but let's just get into a eh, hell. Well, let's just get into it now. Let's get into the episode recap. All right, let's do it. 
I think we can put like a, a smidge. Smidge. Actually, don't do it. Don't put any volume on it. Yeah, it'll all come through if we do that. Okay, because I think we should post these videos on YouTube. Um, I know we do that with the business show, but we should probably do that this too. Definitely. If anyone's interested, we can do that later, maybe on Spotify. So, okay. The show immediately opens up with David Oyelowo's character, who I am very happy to see back in a, in a major role again because he's a fantastic actor. I'm a big fan of the actors who can do like the, the, two, the tears coming down each eye, like singular. Yeah. Which is our thumbnail for this episode. Um, very, you're, you're a great actor. In fact, I was watching it with my dad today. And the moment that scene showed him on screen crying, <laughs> like, one tear on one side, one tear on the other, he was like, yeah. yo, he's a great actor. <laughs> which amazing is, i was laughing because that was the moment i was like all right that's that's intense yeah all right it opens up with chef i mean sheriff holston arresting himself which is an interesting way to kind of preface the show and set the stakes of what's going on in the mm-hmm. silo your immediate thoughts seeing this sheriff going through this routine of a day only to lock himself into a cell was i wasn't sure what to think of it i I thought you know he had just done something that was horrible Mm -hmm. done something bad but uh it's not until later that i realized that he he made the decision to do something bad which is basically saying you know i want to go outside yeah Um, and that's what he does in the cell yeah so we have an interesting thing i want to point out the episode opens with this vent that he's toying around with right yeah we still don't have an answer about what's going on inside of that vent. But later on in the episode, I made note of it. Allison, Holston's wife, who is seemingly deceased, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, which feels weird to say because you have this flashback and then you only realize until at the end, you're like, oh, yeah, we know that she actually falls down. Mm-hmm. Right. Allison is also messing with that vent before she goes off. Oh, she is? Yeah. Well, I got to find the exact moment it happens. We start with the pregnancy lotto scene when we yeah. get past the, the whole scene of Holston turning himself in mm. and talking to Marn, Deputy Marnes about, I made up my mind, I'm going out, I want to be back with my wife. Yeah. When, you, when it gets back to the flashback scene, which is the pregnancy lotto, right? In the silo, mm-hmm. everybody, you're not just allowed to have kids. It's kind of like communist China, I guess. Well, kind of more stringent than communist China. Did yeah, they, I mean, there's only, there's only that, 10,000 people in there. Did they end that rule in China with um, you can't have more than two kids? Is that a, I, I don't know. This isn't I, a geopolitical show, but I'm just interested to know if that's officially still a rule or not. As you do that, when they open up the lotto scene, it starts with a shot of the vent. So it's kind of like Chekhov's gun. We just know something is going to occur with this vent later. Yeah. Any so word? I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm hearing that in 2015 the government removed all remaining one child limits. Establishing oh, one, a, a one child limit. I was given an extra. establishing a two child limit. Oh, it's a two child limit now. Okay, so I was right. All so right. they moved from one to two. Right. To two I was right, but I was wrong. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Let's get past to the pregnancy lotto. All right. Which in is the- just crazy, by the way. Is it really? Oh, I mean, both. (laughs) I mean, realistically, both is kind of crazy. I mean, there's no space in the silo, so I kind of. I can understand the silo side. You can't really have a a democracy in a silo. Yeah. You need like one leader who decides what happens, and as you can see, 
you know, at first I thought the mayor character was going to be a little more nef- like was going to be a nefarious character. Seems to so me. Did I. Yeah, right. It felt like that was the way it was leaning. But it turns out that it's actually it seems like Holston Marnes and her get on really well, like really close friends. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see that sort of uh, agenda from which, by the way, what is the name of the mayor? Is it Jan, Jans? J-A-H-N-S? Maybe. Can Jimmy, can you look that up for us? Over. We want to give a shout out to our, our in-show producer, Jimmy, who may, uh, yeah, he's, he's may or may not. It's Mayor Ruth Jans. Ruth Jans, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy's existence, I've ne- personally never seen him, but he may or may not be real. Could he's just pretty, be AI. He's pretty quick at this stuff. Yeah, might be true. AI. That might be why he's so quick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It gets it wrong sometimes too. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's, it has like a he has like a very specific approach, like with certain information. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they win the lotto. Holston is is just thrilled because he has gets to have sex with his wife like every single night for a year, pretty much. Yeah, but you know, I I don't think there's a limit though. Like, I feel like you can. I mean, they have birth control. You can still have sex. It's true, but you know, you only got 365 days to crank out a kid. Yeah, I guess so, it's just it's you're obligated to now. So now the wife <laughs> you better has, be doing. Yeah, it. she's got no choice. She's like, yeah. all right, no matter what, we're doing it. You know, even if you're even if I'm mad at you. Exactly. So it's like Holston sees that as a jail out of free card. Not that it helps him later in this episode, but um, okay. So they win the pregnancy lotto. It's very strange because the entire silo also knows that they won the pregnancy lotto. So imagine like. You win a pregnancy lotto, Zach, and everybody down the street is like, "Hey, buddy! Hey, <laughs> congrats!" Heard the news. Yeah. It's so so awkward. It's a little. It's it's really weird. Yeah, yeah. It's. I will say this as I'm watching the show. Sometimes it's hard not to watch from the. It's hard to watch from the perspective of somebody who exists in this silo mm-hmm. with no knowledge of the outside world. Right. Yeah. So when I first watched the episode on an instant reaction. Because the entire episode is pretty much Allison's departure from the silo. Yeah. Right? It's it's pretty much chronicling it because as the days of the lottery go on, she becomes more and more desperate to the point where she has she decides to go meet Gloria, who is a a pregnancy therapist. What do they call her? They call her something along those lines. I don't know what the technical term is. Yeah. Essentially, her job description is that she helps people get pregnant. Allison gets to a point about midway through the the um, deadline mm-hmm. that she should go visit Gloria for more information because yeah. Gloria comes up to them on day one and says, "Hey, I'm here if you need anything and uh, if you're curious." So that opens up kind of like the can of worms, but. For Allison's sake, I don't think she knew just what kind of can she was going to open. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think she knew what she was expecting or what to expect, I should say. First impressions on Gloria. Is she she crazy? Does she have a point? Because at first she seems like a crazy tea leaves reader. um, The Oracle from the Matrix. Yeah, pseudo spiritualist type of person. Professor Trelawney, as I called her and the instant reaction. Yeah. Character. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think she was, like, that crazy. I didn't really understand why the sheriff was so, like, irritated with her, though. Or, like, I mean, I, I got it, like, later on. Like, I kind of understood a little bit of why. But, I mean, when, when I first saw her, I'm like, oh, here's this, just this old lady. You know, she's a little quirky, maybe. But he was not having anything to do with it. 
And it's because she believes these weird things and she's very risky. She's somebody that they would want to go outside. <laughs> yeah, I could see the sheriff's perspective is he doesn't want anybody planting any seeds of doubt or stress in his wife's mind, right? Because yeah. she essentially promises people that they're going to get pregnant while possibly delivering on false hope. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after they find out they won the lotto, they go to the doctor's office, which you look, take one good look at the doctor who supposedly, well, he doesn't remove the birth control from her, but they put a curtain up to make it seem like, you know, he's doing something and doesn't want to have them see all the digging yeah. into her. I'm assuming like, I mean, I don't know where you're putting that, but he was far up there. I'll say, well, that. it was, it was, it was in her sign. So, because when she, I mean, later in the episode, she cuts it out of herself, oh. right? So it's, it's right like above her hip on her right side is where it was. Interesting. And that's, that's why he was also like kind of off on the side. Now I feel like he had to have cut her open and may, maybe he swapped it out, like put a newer one. I don't know. But I feel I like mean, they were very rough with each other for her just having had her side cut open. That is you know, true. They immediately go to have sex back at the apartment and it's just it's like, true. wouldn't you have to take like a couple days for the wound to heal? You know? Like, yeah. I, but I mean, it should start I the maybe it's just maybe it's a really small incision. I, I don't, I really don't know. But it that is, thing looked looked menacing coming out. It did. It looked like a bomb, like it looked yeah. like a little mini futuristic bomb. But yeah. it's interesting that we talk about the future because the entire silo looks like it's simultaneously way further in the future and also stuck in the past. Yeah, which is a maybe something they put on the on the pitch deck. Like, oh, we want it to look in the future, but we also want to feel like we're stuck in the past. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of think that maybe that like maybe there's a reason for that, not just for us as watchers, but, you know, for like the people here, it there's there's such a disconnect between them and where they are and everything else that is or ever was. They don't yeah. like we don't know, is this actually hundreds of years in the future or is this like right now right now yeah yeah like it's it's really hard to tell we Could don't know this be like a m night, m night Shyamalan village type of thing where you think this village is in the 1700s and you realize it's just actually present day you know i haven't i haven't seen the village but okay. <laughs> i might, you should I watch might it. now you should watch it um if you could pause for a second because i wanted to make a couple comments about the doctor first and foremost looks untrustworthy as hell like oh, yeah. i'm assuming on the casting sheet they said Looks like a doctor, but also looks like he's not a doctor. Yeah. You right? still have not watched uh, the show with, uh, what's her name? The the girl that plays Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, I can't remember her name. The the Marvel the, the show? The Handmaid's Tale. Sorry. Handmaid's Tale. Not, I think, why did I get Oh, why did you say Elizabeth Olsen? I don't know. I don't know why that name popped in my head. What's but her, Handmaid's Tale. What's her name? Is it? Is it? I always she's just Peggy to me. Yeah, Peggy. Is it Elizabeth Olsen? No, dang it, that's not her name. It's not. It's another Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen is the one who's in the Marvel movies. I think. I think so. Uh, Peggy Olsen, Elizabeth Moss. Sorry. Okay, Elizabeth Moss uh, in Handmaid's Tale. The Doctor in this show just kind of like he puts off the same sort of vibes that the. Uh, the medical personnel and almost everybody in the handmaid's tale. Yeah. Someone me. like who looks like he knows better than you and is going to leave things out because yeah. he's working from a different type of class of order. Oh yeah. 
Uh, kind of like Don Draper when he sends his wife to the psychiatrist and is also getting information <laughs> as to everything his wife is saying at the psychiatrist. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, fun fact trivia here. Rashida Jones, who plays Allison, who is Holston's wife. Mm-hmm. Do you know who her father is without looking it up? No, I don't. Do you know who Quincy Jones is? Uh, the name does not ring a bell actually so he is he's a producer songwriter composer arranger he's worked with dude he's worked with all the greatest artists ever like he worked with michael jackson he had he literally has i'm looking at his just google page right now yeah he had a career of 70 years a record of 80 grammy nominations 28 grammys like insane insane um he's he wrote a lot of uh, Michael songs, I believe. Um, he worked with Frank Sinatra, I believe. Like he's he is the real deal, dude. The real deal. Interesting. Is he still is he still alive? Uh, he is ninety years old. Yeah, he is still yeah, alive. Still alive. Incredible. And he was yeah, interesting. He won a Grammy Legend Award in ninety two. Nice year I was born. All right, cool. Okay, <clears throat> back to the show. Let's uh hit. Actually, no. Go back to the IT scene for me real quick because eh, I guess we don't need to do this. Allison gets in trouble at work. We're starting to see that she is maybe a little more curious than her fellow silo. I'm going to call them inmates pretty soon. Um, <laughs> they feel like it kind of feels like it. it's like a glorified yeah. prison. Yeah. Well, she wrote an article pretty much on how to recover deleted files, which can both save IT a lot of ticket requests, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. and also serve as a double purpose of, hey, if you got some old drives out there, maybe we can get to the bottom of why the hell we have no history books for yeah. 140 years. Because as we'll see later in this episode, they celebrate this holiday called Freedom Day, which I'm putting mm-hmm. in quotation marks for those who are listening to the audio podcast here. Freedom Day feels quite ironic to me as we go further along in the episode. And I wrote some theories down and, and some key key little notations, as we'll find out. Well, Allison's kind of questioning to her husband, who's the sheriff, and puts people to jail for puts people in jail for the sorts of questions that she's asking at the dinner table here. Pretty much why is it wrong to ask about what happened before the rebellion or what caused the rebellion? And that's kind of a recurring question in the entire episode, um, as we'll come to find out. All right, moving on. 157 days of the pregnancy are left. That is the way the episode is divided. We're pretty much following the calendar of the 365 days. We're pretty much getting an entire year of Holston and Allison's life, right? Yeah. Freedom Day prep is going on between Mayor, the Mayor Johns, Marnes, and Holston. And while they're concerned about, it's interesting, right? Because there's they call this thing cleaning day because the only view they have outside of the silo is by this one camera facing out of the silo that the only way to keep the camera clean is by sending someone off to their death and hoping that they'll clean it on the way out there, even though they are technically free of of silo law silo jurisdiction the moment they're out of the airlock okay now i've got some theories about the airlock and what goes on after you leave the silo but we'll get to to that a little bit later in the episode okay 
Okay. You know, I, I am curious. I, I know we, we highlighted this in the instant reaction, but there's like a little quilt hanging on the wall there mm-hmm. in uh, the sheriff's uh, room. With Allison? Oh, their, yeah. be- their bedroom, yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was May 5th, which was the day that this actually released. Uh, 26. And we don't know what year that actually I is. was wondering that too. I didn't know if it was 3026 or 2026, you know? Yeah. They, so need I, to, they need to stop these post-apocalyptic shows with years that are so close to the days we live in because stop trying to speak that into existence. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, if you, if you went so far into the future, it would feel like, I, I feel like you lose out that connection that you have with the show it's just gonna it's gonna feel like just this other planet yeah something bad happened right like it's, it's gonna feel more like my, like the foundation versus like oh this is plausible and i think that's what makes it scarier and more interesting to people whereas this being an amazon workshop in 2026 with people who have just grown up in this silo that they're just raising up from the ground exactly got it got yeah. it all right i wanted to make a comment about mary johns and this dirty glass that they got going on here this dirty feed First and foremost, as a director, production guy myself, as I mentioned in the previous episode, my BS alarm's going off that this camera's been working here for hundreds of years with no issue. Yeah. I mean, Zach, you deal with tech that is issues a darn all day. good camera, man. What camera are they putting out there that's going to exist for 200 years out there in, 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 in an the environment, in, in the elements, in an yeah. environment that they do no maintenance on, that yeah, nobody goes out, yeah. call them BS. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you, you would have to have like this dome protecting the camera that you could yeah. go up into to then uh, clean or fix the camera or whatever. Yeah, I did. I did want to make one second, though, before it continues to move. Yeah, I did want to just make one quick point in case people didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. The whole big thing that looks like a window out into the real world is not a window. It is a screen. Yes, yes, it is, which is a little confusing because at first it really feels like a window, right? Yeah, I thought it looked like a window. Until at the very beginning of the episode when um, the sheriff put his hand up towards the window. And I'm like, that's not a window. That's a screen. I'm yeah. like, that, that, that's totally a screen. Some, this, this is not right. Also, and I turned out to be right. So I'm happy. I was thinking logistically speaking, you imagine going outside and having to clean that entire window. Oh, I know. It would take be, forever. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit time consuming. You'll die. Like you need five cleaners to go out there all yep. dying and doing a section of the window. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you clean the window, the bodies are just piling and your only view is just of corpses pretty much <laughs> over the window. Bodies. Yeah. Um, okay. So I had a comment about Mayor Johns and the way she runs the silo because she is ultimately in charge of the silo. There are a little, there are a few political factions as we hear about them. Mm-hmm. One of them being her, one of them being the sheriff's office. IT is another, uh, judicial is another. And mm-hmm. I think the final faction are, are probably the engineers at the bottom by the reactor. Mm-hmm. I would have to say those are like the five true factions. And I'll combine the sheriff and the mayor's office as one faction. Okay. So maybe four. Um, she mentioned something. She's concerned that the, that the feed, like the wind, let's just call it the window for now, the window looking out uh, or the screen looking out. She's concerned that it's so dirty that people are going to forget what it looks like outside. And therefore they're going to forget the danger that's outside, which will cause um, chaos or disorder inside of the silo. So it kind of tells me that she always needs to rule with a bit of fear, always in the minds of the back of these silo um, 
livers, dwellers, silo dwellers. That's what we'll call them. Okay. These silo dwellers. Otherwise, one of them might be crazy enough to just leave the damn silo because they're like, oh, maybe it's fine out there. We can't see anything. Been in here so long, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I I get it. I mean, it kind of makes sense if if the risk is that the door is opened which which if a little later on in the episode we hear that that's what they were trying to do or at least it's what they say they were trying to do yeah um 140 years ago was try to open up the doors and they all would have died so i mean part of me kind of gets it it's like all right well yeah if you forget what it is outside you forget that it's bad you know you, you kind of you're inviting this speculation that things might actually be good my question is, the riot. I wonder if they have a policy in place if it's too long without a cleaner, that there's like also a lotto or a raffle for, hey, guys, we haven't seen outside for like five months now. Someone's got to go out there and clean this this damn camera or we're just not going to ever know what's going on out there. Maybe, but I feel like with 10, the what, 144 levels that we have in here, all of the people, like there's got to be one every now and then. It's just like, nah, this isn't right. I'm going to go out. <laughs> I want to go out. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go out. <laughs> I want some fresh this, air. Man. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out. All right. See you, Ron. <laughs> so Allison, we can continue on here. She goes and meets with Gloria. 157 days into her pregnancy, she starts to think, maybe the witch doctor knows what's up. Hmm. She goes to her house. As expected, she's as as strange as we think she is. However, as the episode continues to go on, old Gloria might be right about everything. Okay? Yeah. She she turns the sinks on because she thinks judicial, the faction we just mentioned, but we haven't met yet in the series. She thinks that they're listening in on conversations or perhaps on the conversations of the wand of the wanderers, right? Yeah, that's what Be- she calls themselves. Yeah, because I have a feeling, based off of the things that happened to Allison, that there is another faction probably of people who do question what happened before the rebellion and who are seeking answers. And mm-hmm. someone like Allison, who's married to the sheriff, would be a perfect target and who works in IT as someone to red pill into that underground movement, as I'm sure it's an underground movement. Yeah. It would have to be. I mean, they would squash you. Yeah. So the general idea that Gloria, the pregnancy doctor or pregnancy therapist plants in Allison's mind is that she is being prevented from getting pregnant. In fact, that's what she thinks happened to her because she couldn't have kids. Mm Mm-hmm. In my mind, as we find out later in the episode, as Allison cuts out the birth control that was supposed to be removed from her in the first place, if she had met with Gloria maybe a little sooner and been red-pilled, but not to the extent that she gets brought to the light, Mm -hmm. because what happens to her is that she gets messed up the moment she sees that image of outside of the silo, of the birds flying around and the greenery and the flowers and... That's what messes her up. And uh, it didn't really hit me until the deep dive as to why that would mess her up. Just put yourself, like if you're listening to the show right now, imagine that you're living in in an existence that you have no idea what came before you. You have no idea why you are where you are. 
and you have no idea if everything outside of what's going to happen if you leave outside, which is kind of like a metaphor for life. We don't know why we're on earth. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> this guy how. was locked inside during COVID too long. Yeah. We don't know how we got here. Who, me? You think? No, not you. Oh, Wasn't was that the, the writer of the show? Hugh Howie. For, yeah. yeah but, but this book came out in the 2010s or early 2000s. Um, but we don't know why we're on earth. We don't know how we got here. And we don't know for certain what happens after you, you leave this earth, right? So let's mm -hmm. just use the silo as the earth as an example here. These people have never experienced the luscious environment, nature of anything. that They've never seen it. All they've seen are this, this one screen with rocks and hills and just this nuclear wasteland looking place, right? Mm -hmm. They have no history books. They have no knowledge other than what they're force fed and they're put in prison or sent out of the damn silo if they ever ask a question, okay? Yeah. So if you are that person who's grown up here, your parents grew up there, nobody's been able to tell you of what this world looked like because they were they always lived in the silo. If you saw a picture of like, I don't know, Yosemite um, Park mm -hmm. and how beautiful it was, you would probably go insane at the idea that this is what's out there. Like, I have to get out there. Yeah, I mean... It like seeing color like uncovering history and things like that i mean if if i'm thinking about it in the context of you know the earth being the silo which is a bit is a bit deep there's a lot to unpack there but yeah i mean it, it kind of any anything different would just feel super foreign i don't i don't know what Look at the color in the silo. Everything's muted. Colors well, yeah, are muted. It, Everything's it, it, gray. It would be like seeing photos of Mars or something like that. It's like right? going from black and white analog to stereo. It's the, the Wizard of Oz. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much. Okay. I've never, even though you know, this might be sacrilege. I don't think I've ever watched The Wizard of Oz completely. What? I don't think I have. Wow. Okay. It also doesn't even like. I'm not even interested in watching it completely. It's you just gotta, you gotta watch just for the historical fact of it. Like, yeah. like it's. I heard it's, that movie's like, haunted. Like everyone who worked movie. on it died. It's the first movie that uh, was ever filmed in color. Did you know how many people died working on Wizard of Oz, supposedly? No, I didn't. Is, can Jimmy look that up real quick? Because I'm almost positive like five or six people died working on Wizard of Oz of mysterious causes. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my wife's dad. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, was in the house at one point of the woman who played the Wicked Witch of the West. He was in the house with her? Yeah. What do you mean in a house with her? Or it was it like went into her house at some point. He was just in he was in somebody's house and was like, Is that was that the wicked witch? And it, it was, it was her house. Interesting. No one actually died on the set. You sure about that? I'm almost positive. There's like is all right, hold on. There's a Time Magazine article, The Truth Behind the Curse Set of the Wizard of Oz. All right. 
Okay, you know what it is? There's there's a rumor about a munchkin who died. Yeah, yeah. And, all right, let's is. just let's move on. That's a wrap. Right. <laughs> See, Mario has not watched right. The Wizard of Oz. He should. All right. well, I just that's what I've heard about it. Munchkins dying left and right. Anyways, <laughs> Allison gets a, a, I guess a request ticket or a service ticket. Yeah, She's from customer the support. Pretty much, right? Yeah. From George Wilkins, who is a computer repair guy down in the mids. Works in the mid floors, right? And he has, I'm not even sure what his ticket request was, but he had something that needed repairing. It was it was kind of vague. Mm-hmm. Happens to be on the same day as Freedom Day that she heads down there. Once again, the show does a great job of showing you the scope of the silo because yeah. as you read it, you're like, would it really take that long to get down to the bottom of the silo in one day? Mm-hmm. But I guess it would. So she actually goes, she says that she has to take a day journey yeah. Stay at a hostel and then come back on a return journey the next day because she lives up top. Mm-hmm. At the computer repair guy shop, George is calm. George, <clears throat> he unearths this old hard drive that kind of looks like it, it is from our time, actually. So I think that they're further in the future. I mean, it looks it looks like it, but they're they're farther in the future. I feel like could have. I mean, it could be like what hundred years, two hundred years, maybe, maybe. maybe. Also, I don't... The hard drive is not them. The hard drive is not them. Yeah. Yeah, the hard drive is from our... I mean, the hard drive is from us. They are... Yeah, they're, they're 100, 200 years in the future, potentially. That, that's, that's our current guess. Yeah. Well, he shows it to her. It has no serial number, which means he says that the logs for the hard drives began after the rebellion. So this is a pre-rebellion, mm. pre, pre-Freedom Day hard drive. Okay. Mm-hmm. at first she's hesitant to recover the files until her curiosity gets the better of her culminating from her frustration of not being pregnant her meeting with Gloria all these things adding up right yeah and she decides to actually try to break it she actually says something that I didn't catch on the instant reaction which was she looks in the back of the drive and she says, "What the, it says the 18 or something like that. Um, yeah. I didn't catch that. They don't clarify anything else more about that term or that whatever that is. But she sees something that says the 18 on the drive and she gets her glasses to see what or magnifying glasses to see what it is. And it's after that and during they kind of like do this cross montage between her and the mayor's speech when she's breaking it down. Right. Yeah. I was going to pause this for a minute please, just please. to see something as soon as it switches back to the uh, to the mayor. So you have to give me just a moment. It's a lot of decorations for Freedom Day to just kind of store in the silo with limited space. Yeah, I was actually going to say that the whole place is decorated from head to toe. And there's a lot of this that kind of reminds me of Game of Thrones because they have these little plays that are happening on of Freedom Day. Mm-hmm. Uh and Game of Thrones has this scene where they're in the market and there's like these kind of cheesy plays going on in the public square where all the kids are watching. Yeah. Um, I will say this, though, that the silo does have a charm to it. It is, like I was saying earlier, it's kind of simultaneously stuck in the future and in the past. I kind of just like in a blender of both. Yeah. Somehow Matrix, somehow Mad Max, you know? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, she even has like a, like a stopwatch mm-hmm. 
that's that's the running, which is nice. I had heard something, and I wanted to pause it here to see if it was actually true. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, this is she's about to speak because this is the time, the moment of that that Freedom Day. Like, I wonder, I wonder if this is going to tie into my theory. But I'm I'm interested to hear what you're going to say. Well, all, all I was going to point out, I don't have an opinion on it or anything. But what I was going to point out is that the time that she looks at the stopwatch and it goes to speak is the sixth second of the sixth minute of the sixth hour yes they timed it with the exact thing well it's six 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 and i I don't know that is that's part of my theory that is my theory okay Okay. all right all right right. we'll get into your theory later then i just wanted to to confirm that it's actually that time yeah my theory is now we can skip a little bit ahead to the mayor's speech a little bit here just a little bit i don't want to see allison outside that shop right there that's perfect right there go 10 seconds forward and here we are. Perfect. Okay. Mayor's speech. I did not catch this once again. This is just for the deep dive listeners. Okay. If you're tuning into this, you're getting the treat. Instant reaction listeners who decided, hey, that was enough. They're not getting it. I'll never bring it up again either. So they'll have okay. to <laughs> So I didn't catch. I had to rewind this today when I first saw it. She says six minutes six, at the six seconds after, past six o'clock is the moment they regain their freedom. Yeah. Okay. Now, 666 in the Bible is the number attributed to the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Antichrist is attributed to the devil. The devil is attributed to be a master deceiver. Okay. So mm-hmm. the moment that they gain their freedom happens to be the number of the most popular book in the world. Describing the creature who is the most deceptive of all. It's like the writer of the show is screaming at you to say, hey, Freedom Day is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Everything that we're founding our freedom on is a lie. Right. So the whole yep. foundation is based upon this time of day at a specific time that lines up with something else. I'm not saying it has anything to do with an actual Antichrist in the show. Mm-hmm. What I am saying is it's meant to raise the alarm bell of further making you question what on earth happened that caused this rebellion and why are they trying to hide it so desperately? Yeah. And and by the way, I'm not saying that the mayor knows. I'm saying the mayor has also been brainwashed to believe all of this and is just saying it. Whether she has her own questions is another story, but I don't think she is nefariously saying it from a perspective of knowing what actually happened. Make sense? It it makes sense. Yeah, I mean she she does seem fairly unaware of the uh weird things that go on i suppose like i, I don't think she's the mastermind or anything no, like that no absolutely not absolutely. I, uh, it would be a major twist if she was yeah I, i'm i'm curious about your about your theory i think for us i, I like i think that easter egg would, would be for us more than anything else versus yeah. like the people within this world Maybe, that we see yeah. here because yeah. if i mean if i oh, were because if they're IT in the or silo, judicial or yeah. whoever I don't I don't know who did it. I'm just I'm throwing out some some groups that we listed earlier. But if I was anybody and I was like, I'm gonna make this, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna delete all of history and make everybody forget about I wouldn't pick the thing that would, would probably be the most well known <laughs> number in the world. Well, also these people exist in a in a time and an existence that has no knowledge of religion. Based off of what we know currently, there is no tr- no record of Earth. We're also assuming that we are on Earth in this show, by the way. Um 
That's true. Because nobody has said that we're on Earth yet, I don't think. I don't even know if they know that the name of the place that they are on is Earth because nobody knows why the hell they're there. Well, you know, that's yeah. that's true. I I think they are on Earth. Like gotta, I don't I don't think pause. We have yeah, pause I don't here. I don't think that is, you know, too far out there. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe today after all of the, the books, this is today being hundred and forty years after yeah. Yeah. what was it? Uh Freedom Day. Freedom Day. Um Yes, there are no books, so there's no. There's, I'm sure there's no Bible either. So these specific people don't know about the number. But at the time, I mean, all of those things existed until that day. Yeah, I think it's more for the audience. I think it's one of those, one of those plays where you know who the killer is before the the people in the movie know who it is, sort of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's more along those lines than it is something for the people who exist within the world to ever find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just my take. I did I want to point out. You can, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, and we'll move. Oh, on. I was I was just going to make one comment that was um, around here when when uh, Allison was working, look, trying to get all the files off the computer or out of the hard drive to look mm-hmm. at them. Mm-hmm. Um, the ignorance to what exists outside of the silo is kind of comical. She made a comment of like there's, or she makes a comment of there's things flying in the sky, like it's just birds. She but she didn't call them birds. True. So she doesn't even know what they're called. They've never seen yeah, a bird. Exactly. I just wanted, again wanted to point it out. Small detail. I thought it was interesting. But there are cows in the silo. I, yeah, they they were breeding cows. I mean, I don't think they're. I don't think the concept of animals are, are foreign to them. But there are many things that we take for granted that they just they have no awareness of. Well, the ark in a way is sort of like Noah's ark, right? Because they mm-hmm. do have certain animals, but I don't think they have like every species of animal, so to speak. It's also kind of like um, I figure. What's that? Uh, Titan AE, I think it's called. It's an old cartoon movie. It's about like the earth goes a post-apocalyptic moment where the earth is destroyed, but there's this sort of arc type satellite space station sort of thing that has a sample of every living creature from earth so that you Mm -hmm. can remake earth. Right. That's sort of the basis of it. It's an escape and only certain people get to escape to it. Um, Okay. You can hit play because I want to make a comment here. Allison leaves the repair shop. And George, the computer repair guy, continues to delve into the files, of which he discovers that there is a sort of tunnel by the reactor side, which is on the bottom floor of the actual silo. Allison, we never see about, we never hear about that tunnel again in this episode. Allison continues to walk because she has decided to not look at this material. Yeah. She knows what happens to people who do. She lives with the law, the the Mm -hmm. justice. In the place but as she's listening actually not listening as they're singing the song of freedom if you listen to the words of freedom it is they're praising freedom and its beauty while the silo i think she has this realization like we are celebrating freedom in a place that is 100 in bondage and being controlled at every single level mm-hmm. we celebrate a fake freedom like the entire i concept it's of freedom day it's a sham. Yeah. It's a whole mm-hmm. sham. So she has this realization. I think that w- that's what we're supposed to take from her facial expression that, she, that she's not free at all. If she can't look at that drive, then she's not free. Yeah. Right. And it's at that moment that she decides that she's going to go back. And that's when um, we see the, this is like a turn in her character for the good now, mm-hmm. because the next day she leaves work early and she goes to Gloria and asks her why they wouldn't want her to have children. 
which just it causes this continual spiral. You know, we can go forward to her visit with Gloria there. You know what? These locations also kind of remind me of if it wasn't in a silo. Reminds me of Star Wars. Yeah. It, it reminds yeah. me of a lot of the places that I would that we see in like episode one, what, two, episode one, and, one two. and two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a really cool city in episode two that they're that they're the scene that Anakin like jumps and yeah. he lands on like a uh, speeder. Or yeah. That, that's like my favorite scene in that movie. Yeah. Um, I had a comment here as she goes to see Gloria and it's kind of like generally Allison's arc, right? Mm -hmm. We do find out that they're preventing Allison and Holson from having a child together, probably because they want to have the most sheepish quality people. Yeah. Who won't question their existence living within the silo. It's interesting to me that the thing that they are trying to prevent, whoever these people are who have decided to say that she should not have children ironically leads to the thing that they wanted to avoid, the tr which was the truth getting explored or spread. If they had just allowed her to get pregnant, she would have never been as inclined to just continue to recover these files and dig deeper into the truth, right? Think about Pot it. Potentially, probably, but she did have this little like rebellious, like bit in her before, you know, she was wouldn't getting all kid, of this information. Wouldn't a kid be the perfect distraction for that person? That's a that's also true. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, you just won a lottery. That's a distraction. Mm -hmm. A lottery amongst who knows? There's probably thousands of people who live in this silo. Ten thousand people. That's what they say. Yeah. So you won a lottery amongst ten thousand people. You get to, you get to be part of the like that chosen generation that gets to have a kid in this silo. I think you're going to be pretty wrapped up with the kid and not concerned so much about digging into the truth because at that point now you want to protect your kid so i think what they were trying to do backfired completely person yeah i would agree with that all right so the key very key moment of the episode gloria insinuates that maybe the birth control was not removed from her which might make Gloria the mo the person who's best at her job in the whole damn silo because she can just tell you, hey, just go ahead and check one more time, you know? Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. She takes a day off and visits George, and as they're about to wrap up, they look at one more file. And in that file, she sees life outside of the silo, which is teeming with life. There's birds flying. It's, it's full grass. of life. Green yeah. grass. It's, it's just it's beautiful. She's done for at that point. In her mind, she's completely done. At this point, now she's almost certain that she is being prevented from getting pregnant and that everything that they are experiencing in this silo is a lie controlled by the powers that be, whoever those powers may be, which, if I had to guess, some mix of IT and judicial. Yeah, I mean, those two groups do seem like the most knowing of all. Yeah. We at least see them ask the least questions. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting that the episode is paced this way because it's at this point that she sees this that we get to the last third of the episode, mm -hmm. which is they are officially out of time of having a, a child. So the lottery period is up. It's time for her to go to the doctor to get the birth control placed back in, even though it's already in there. Mm -hmm. And it's at that point that she decides 
she's not going to go to work. She's not going to go to the doctor. She's actually going to check for herself to see if the birth control is there. And we can fast forward from here to the scene where Holston discovers her in the kitchen full of blood. Or actually, yeah, that, that's fine. You can stay here. It's in that scene where she shows Holston, the man who for a living puts people away, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much divvies justice in the silo that she gives him the, the evidence, which is here's the birth control. Here's the thing that he put on the tray that he said he took out. Here's here it is. Mm-hmm. And it's from here that everything spirals out of control where she goes up to the top and she now evangelizes to everybody that the, that the screen is a lie. Everything is alive out there. There's things flying in the sky, as you said, and pretty much describes the life that is not what the people in the silo actually believe is out there. Yeah. And she says the forbidden words, the Lord Voldemort of words in this show. She says, I want to go out. Yep. <laughs> I can't blame her. I mean, at that point, I'd want to go out too. I'd be like, this, is, this isn't this is life. You know, I was thinking about that at a certain point because if you knew, the thing is it was too late for her to do anything with the information of the birth control being inside of her, right? Because you think? It, yeah, because it was there were zero days left on the calendar for her to go and have kids. So even if she mm. knew about it, she yeah. didn't have the extra days because let's say she had 150 days left at this point. Maybe she yeah, would she just take it out. Could have gotten pregnant. Yeah. yeah. So sew herself back up, you know, with some medic, somebody who's outside of the doctor's office. Yeah. Sew herself up and get pregnant. And then use this as blackmail against the people who tried to prevent you from getting pregnant. But I don't think it's as simple as that. I have a feeling she's kind of come to the conclusion that even if I did get pregnant, these people aren't going to let us live. Yeah. They're not going to let you live with the information that they are purposely deciding who gets pregnant and who's not. No, because you're dangerous. You, you, you are like a hard drive. I mean, you've got, you've got information that could cause a, another riot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something in the book, and I don't know if I can get to it yet, but yeah, I can't even say it. But it's interesting that they don't cover it in, in this episode because mm-hmm. it's pretty early on in, in the book. And I think it's um, a little backstory about a certain character who will come to know. Okay. But we'll get there. You'll have to tell me off air. I might, or I'll make you wait as well until, <sighs> until it's revealed in the show. If, if it audience. is, if it is, oh, it no. will be, it'll certainly be revealed. So. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that we only get to see Allison in this one episode. That we know of. That's true. But I mean, she allegedly dies at the end. So for now, at least she's. It is sad gone. because I am a fan of Rashida Jones. Yeah. So I wanted to see her more. You're an office fan, right? Yes. What's her name I, in the office? She's like a love interest oh, of Jim's. I am not that much of oh, an okay. office fan. Never mind. Never mind. Somebody out there is. Let us know. Let us know where, who she played. I'm not even going to look it up. Okay, so the rest of the episode, I think this is where you really see the heart of the mayor and the deputy who works alongside Holston. Mm -hmm. They are actively looking to break their own rules to try to save Holston's wife here. And Holston's the only one in the room who's uh, being mature enough about it to say, it's not possible. You know, broken down the pact. Nothing I could do. (laughs) 
He says, the only thing you can't say in this silo is I want to go out. That's it. The, yeah, everything else is per- permissible. You yeah. just can't say, I want to go outside. Yeah. You know, this scene of seeing the mayor, like, at least appear to want to try and help him, kind of makes me think that she's not bad. No, I don't. I don't think she's bad. I think that these are the honorable characters in the yeah. silo. I think these these are the three. Like they, the silo's lucky to have these three in charge. Let's put it that way. Yeah, there could definitely be a lot worse. Yeah, which makes you wonder if there's nefarious people who are in charge of the silo. Why would they allow these three to be there? Maybe it's because they're patriots of the place. You know. Well, they are good in that they want to uphold the law, right? Like they, they, they're law abiding people. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not extremists. And at least they do not appear to be extremists in either way. So, I mean, in, in one way, like I could see them kind of being the perfect fit, right? Like if you have somebody that's, you're not going to want like a rebel in charge, but at the same time, if if you, if you have somebody in charge, who's like, always trying to crack the whip or something. I mean, that alone might cause a riot. Yeah. I think it's like what you're saying. The whole silo itself is on a precarious tightrope. Yeah. Any step to the left or right and you could fall. Yeah. You know? All right. So Allison and Holson have one last rendezvous between bars, bars between them. Allison swears she loves Holston, tells him a few key things before she goes. She says, first and foremost, she loves him. She says she doesn't believe that what they've told them about what happened 140 years ago is true. She thinks the screens are being manipulated. Mm -hmm. And she thinks the one thing that can't, she can't quite figure out is why on earth if people want to leave here and they swear that they're not going to clean the camera, they go out swearing that they're not going to clean the camera. Why do they always turn around and clean the camera? Yeah. And she thinks it's because it's to show people who are inside that everything out there is a lie. And so she gives Holston two scenarios. She says, if I go out there and it's horrible outside, she will not clean and she'll wave goodbye. But if she goes out there and it's exactly how she thinks it is from what she saw on the drive, with mm-hmm. birds and grass and green, everything. Yeah. She'll come back. She'll clean the camera she'll go over the hill to find out what's going on and she'll come back for him yeah okay let's move on here i want to go to the everything else from here on out as a sequence of allison being suited up to go but i want to go to the exact moment that holston locks the door up okay right around there go ahead boom right there that's right it. Here. right there Holston is the one who's both simultaneously delivering the sentence on his wife with Mayor James. Okay? Yeah. Now, we'll talk about my theory. You'll have to wait till the end of the episode when we're done with the recap (laughs) as to what I think occurs in between these things. That answers my question. Okay, as Holston is closing the door, I wanted to verify if it was Mayor James standing behind him or if it was Bernard. I couldn't couldn't tell upon first, uh, second watch. All right, let's move forward to Allison leaving. We can take it from there all the way to the end. She leaves and what happens to her outside pretty much. We get mixed signals from Allison because when she does go outside, she does come back and clean the camera. However, Mm -hmm. as we think she's going to survive, 
she stumbles and falls down and seemingly dies before going over the hill. Yeah. Which leaves, I mean, it leaves the audience thinking probably the same thing Holson's thinking, which is, okay, so it looks good out there, but she died? Mm-hmm. Or maybe Holson goes insane and he's like, what did she say? Did she say she was going to Yeah, no. Wait, which one was it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what was going through my mind for a moment. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What did he's she a, say? He's a John I'm like, Burns okay, if, if, if it's the worst mistake of my life, I'm going to wave goodbye. So, okay, she cleaned it. So she must think that it's, you know, as it is in the video. I'll tell you this. I would, if he, she had, if she had told me that, I would have asked her about three more times after she said it and say, can you write it down? Exactly what you're going to do? Because for like a year later, I would be like, wait a minute, but did she say she was going to come back and clean it if it was bad? Because like, do I go out there? And the truly effed up part is that he has to see his wife dead on the screen. Yeah. For two, no, three years before deciding that he's going to go out there on his own. Mm -hmm. I think if I was thinking about this as I was watching the show, if it was me, it's the love of my life out there. Yeah. I think I'd rather die. I like, I'm okay with being dead. Next to her, I'm gonna find out both simultaneously if it's cool out there. Yeah, but I'm, you know, my purpose is pretty much done for in this silo at this point. Can't have mm-hmm. a kid, you know. I don't want to move on, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, just might as well go out there. Yeah. Okay. Let's move forward. Two years later, Holston's living in the aftermath of Allison's death, and we get a weird circumstance that occurs. We find out that George Wilkins, the computer, the guy who put in the service request, who Mm -hmm. Allison met, which opened up the can of worms of seeing what was on the hard drive and seeing the footage of outside the silo. Yeah. He transfers to Mechanical, where Juliet's character is at, right? Yep. Who we find out, who we meet later in the episode. I don't know if you caught this on the deep dive, but do you know the reason why he transferred to Mechanical? The reason? Why do you think this? I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. I didn't catch it. I didn't pick up on it on the instant reaction either, but it makes perfect sense that he would have transferred his job down to mechanical because what does he see on the drive? He sees that there's a secret tunnel. Oh, right, right. Yeah, there's a tunnel. Yeah. So he goes down to mechanical probably for the reason of digging further into what he found on the drive. Yeah. So he probably investigated it on the drive for a year and decided to transfer. And so he dies. They want to play it off as a suicide, but there's a woman engineer down there named Juliet who is saying it's murder. Yeah. And very convenient because of what we know with Allison. We don't think that this guy would commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And he's been beaten to hell, by the way. I mean, his body does not look like... His body looks like he was tortured and his body was dumped over a railing. It doesn't look like he threw himself over a railing and then died. But then again, maybe he hit every bar on the way down. That maybe, maybe I miss what floor they said that he fell from. Although, yeah, because you got to drag him pretty high up to kill him, right? Yeah, throw him over a to, to be certain that he's gonna die. Yeah, I'm surprised there's not more damage from falling. His face, right? Like his face would be unrecognizable if he fell from a certain height. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is the the, the side. There's 144 stories tall or something like that levels tall i don't know how tall a level is with that big old spiral staircase but i'd imagine you'd be a little little flatter like a pancake to be honest yeah well this is our intro to juliet and by the way this is the this is the 
I love this device when a, when a writer uses it. I love when a writer introduces a character in an epic way of building that, them up before you meet them. You know, they do that with Marlon Brando's character in Apocalypse Now. They do that with his character in Streetcar Named Desire. Actually, they do that with a lot of Marlon Brando characters now, I'm starting <laughs> to realize. Uh, they kind of do that in on the river, on the waterfront, and they do it in The Godfather, too. Mm. Um, all these the epic characters that you hear about before you meet. And with her, the woman who made the report, the cops come down the entire silo from the top floor and like, listen, we made a whole day's journey to meet this girl. Yeah. Okay. This is not an option. We have to talk to her. And they, and he's like, where is she? Well, she's at work. And they're like, what does she do? And he's like, well, you know, uh, that nuclear reactor down there, mm. she kind of keeps everybody alive in the silo. And that kind of is our introduction to Juliet, yeah. which is a flash forward to the three years later again, where Marnes asks him now and says, what happened between you and Juliet? Where Holston simply says, I started listening. Yeah. And that's how the episode ends with a cliffhanger of what did he listen to? What's going on outside the silo? What happened to Allison? What did he find out? Seriously. How does that camera still work? <laughs> That's, that is the one reason why is you that, would go outside. Is that a cannon? Is that an Ari? What is out there? Kind Maybe it's a retractable camera. Like it can come back down into the ground and they can fix it up. Why is it in black and white? Why couldn't we do color <laughs> over there? Who did the install? <laughs> These wires made of? Why the hell don't we send more people out there with more oxygen so they can give us some more information about what's going on out there? Yeah. I don't I'm know. I'm surprised they don't have, you know, better equipment, I guess, to go outside. Yeah. Well, that, mean, con that concludes our episode recap, so we can get into the crazy tinfoil stuff now. Okay. All right. So let's let's think about this for a minute. On, You've been on. there for over 140 years. It's been 140 years since... Uh, I am. It's been 140 years since you actually had this Freedom Day thing. So who knows how long you were before there. People go out. People go out to clean. How many suits do you have to put people in to send them outside? Like, do you have a suit manufacturer inside of the silo? Or are you, like, going out and fetching them and then cleaning them all up and, you know, steaming them? I'm, I'm curious to see... Uh, what your thoughts are on that and if they really have that much just laying around or is that a plow? I don't know if it's a plow, plow or not. Plow. I don't know. You know. It's true. I get what you're saying. Like at what point do they run out of materials for these suits? But paper, it, it, all of like all of these devices, like how, how do you manufacture them and keep it, them? It just doesn't seem to me that they send that many people out in the first place. Otherwise that landscape would be just riddled with, with corpses. But, my stuff doesn't have to do with that. My my thought here is, and I don't know. No, I like I said, I have not read far enough for this to actually be a spoiler on the show. Okay. I have a feeling everything is fine out there. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling there was a weird, weird emphasis on the screwing on of the helmet to the suit. There was. I I thought that was a little odd too. I think they're getting poisoned in the airlock with something and what they're dying from is within the suit. And so by the time they try to take off the suit, it's screwed onto their damn heads. So they can't take it off. So they go out there, they see everything's fine. They're like, oh, all right, I was right. They go to clean the camera. Cause they're like, Hey guys, everything's cool. I'm going to go do jumping jacks by the tree, you know? Yeah. And then 
that's what occurs, you know? That's what I think. I think that they're dying. Like, why would she turn back otherwise? Why would she clean that camera if everything didn't look good? That doesn't make any sense. And also, let me continue before you... I want to give you everything to work with here. Okay. Wouldn't it be in the best interest of the people in charge of the silo to send to have like a team of explorers, people who are like astronauts, like, hey, we don't want to live underground forever. We want to see what the hell's going on out there. Wouldn't it be in the best interest to have a unit of explorers who may are risking death, but are going to try to get information? And by the way, if the suit wasn't killing her, why not give her more oxygen? Right. To survive as long as possible because she's not a bad person. It's not like you're sending out like a serial killer. Yeah. Right. You're sending out somebody who just wants to leave the silo. So why not? Is it not in the best interest of the silo dwellers to give this person like, I don't know, 10 hours of oxygen attached to her suit and just let her be out there as long as possible? Well, to, hey, bring back samples. Bring the dirt back. Like, we're going to have a little thing there. Bring some dirt. We're going to measure it for whatever. And we're going to see if, if it's cool to go outside. Well, who says it's an oxygen thing that's causing them to die, right? Well, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Why would my The reason I think that is because she comes back and cleans the camera. Yeah. I but watched the scene with subtitles. Right. Oh, okay. That's what she said. That's what she said, Zach. She said she cleaned the camera if it was good outside. Yeah, I know. I know. She said she cleaned the camera if it looked good outside, if yeah. it was what she thought it was. She never took her helmet off. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, Am part I of me thinks that the helmet is killing them. Yes, I like, agree. I, I do think that. I think the helmet is killing them. At first, I was like, I, I haven't thought about the poison one. I, I don't know why that kind of like slipped my mind. My, I got to give my, my mom credit. I got to give my mom credit for that one. She was, she was like, look, they spray something in the airlock. It's true. They spray something in the airlock before they leave. If you yeah. go back and rewind it, it's like, why I are you see. spraying? You, yeah, you're gonna I, burn that thing up anyways. It's true. I don't know if it was like a pressure thing or I don't. I don't really know. But I thought at first they were like choking uh, the people out, mm. right? But I feel I, like if I really think about it, I'm like, wouldn't you last a little bit longer or realize like it's kind of getting hard to breathe? Yeah. Right, but I didn't. I didn't really get that sense. They were they were just fine, and then they went downhill really quickly. So I don't know. Poison, also, maybe. Like, why is there not like a second room? What if you go outside? You wanted to go outside. It looks horrible. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're like, I want to come back inside now, and then you have a separate room where you make sure, like, hey, maybe they're infected. We got to keep them here for a little bit. If they're okay, quarantine we'll, them. Yeah, and then we'll send Holston in there because it's Holston's wife. Mm -hmm. So he he will be willing to see if he dies of whatever she has, right? Yeah. And then if they're both fine within like a few days, we'll bring them both back into the silo. They're well, hiding something. They got to be hiding something. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, like, I feel like there's definitely something that's being hidden. I just don't know what it is. Like, they could be so much. Um, yeah. I mean, in the end, her her being sent outside is really like a sentence, right? So it's not really that... Uh, you're just going to be allowed to come back in, whoever you are. I also don't think that if it was dangerous outside that judicial or whoever would have like the, their, their team of uh, what astronaut type people like you're talking about that would just go explore. Like, I, like if it's dangerous, they wouldn't do that because they know they would die. 
True. So I, I don't know. You, so you're arguing on the side of judicial. Got it. Okay. So we know whose side you're on. I'm with the silo dwellers, man. Anyways, I'm with the wonders. I uh, don't, don't get me wrong. I, Corpo. You call me a corpo? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I, look, I'm with the wonders. I want to know. I'm wondering what's going on outside. Huh? See what I did there? Um, yeah, it's true. Huh? But I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it is. I'm fifty fifty, man. Like when I when I think from the perspective of the people that kind of just live there, I'm like, no, it's good outside. Mm. Like it's fine. But then if I think from the perspective of of judicial and everybody else, I'm kind of thinking like. No, it's not. Because if it was, I'd want to get out too. Mm. I'd send people. Yeah, I'd force people to go out. Well, I think we can both agree something's being hidden, right? Yeah, that that is undeniable. And I think the audience can agree too. But do you know the only way we're going to find out what's hidden? Uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell us? If you tune into the next episode of Silo by Story Archives, you will find out exactly that. Zach, let's get into any uh, categories and you know what? Let's save for episode two. Let's say, should we do our wagers now? Should no, we I think we should wait till episode two. But we might find out too much in episode two. I don't know. I mean, what one one season series? There's got to be a, there's got to be more than than a couple's episodes right. worth of of plot. I don't know enough. So we'll do. I don't we'll, know enough to right. make any real fair, uh, fair. wagers. All right. So we'll do. Well, I'm going to do one wager. The suit is killing him. That's my take. We'll do okay. it. If it's right, it's right. If it's not, we do a tally at the I, end of the season. I, I would agree that the suit is I'm not I'm not you're voting not against going, you're you. You're not voting against me. Okay. No, no. I, I think there is something up with the suit. I just don't know what it is. Got it. Okay. Okay. So we gotta find a bet that we both agree di- on different Yes. No, I I I think we'll we'll find some after the second episode. Once we get a little bit more of the world and everything that's going on. Perfect. All right. Well, you take away the outro. Okay, well, thank you for listening to the first episode of Silo by Story Archives. This is The Deep Dive. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, or you can visit a website at soapbox.house where you'll find links to this show and others in the network. Perfect. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and making this the number one Silo podcast by Story Archives. I think you should outro with that until we are oh, dethroned yeah. Yeah, until, yeah. until we the are number one the number one silo podcast by story archives i'm gonna have to couple, throw that in the mix next time couple tv reps we emailed you if you're if you know you know where to find us okay thank you all for tuning in we look forward to seeing you or knowing you're in the audience in the next one and um i want I've to go outside ho- i've been holding back i've been holding back from watching episode two so i think i'm gonna go watch that um and we'll do our instant reaction it's been tough to not yes same here same here all right y'all thanks for tuning in are you saying that the tagline i want to go out (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get let's get out of here